Are you ready to take the lead in the dance of life? Fall in love with who you are right now and find uninhibited joy every day? Then it's time for you to flaunt your smart, sexy, and spiritual self. Join radio host Laura Cheadle and learn how the five steps of flaunt can help you quit seeking approval, proving your worth, and release you from the judgment of others. Express all that you are, discover your naked self-worth, and finally, enjoy the life you've worked so hard to create. Hello, welcome to Flaunt, Build Your Dreams and Live Your Sparkle. I'm Laura Cheadle, and you know, you've probably heard that phrase that we're spirits having a human experience. And I think that's one of those phrases that a lot of people know, and a lot of people just kind of say, and they're like, yeah, we're spirits and we're having a human experience, woo, 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 woo. And they don't really think about the possibility of what it means to be a spirit and the mysteries of emotion. I mean, what is an emotion? You know, you can't see it, you can't hold it. Spirit, emotion, thought, feeling. There's all of these things that are really, really deep. And a lot of things like religion tries to address those topics. But I think for most of us, even though we've had curiosities about them and have maybe explored for a few things, most of us kind of put that aside at some point and then just go off and live, quote unquote, real life. Well, then there's other people like me, maybe like you and like my guest today, who really are curious about how this all works, what it means to be in life, how we can be awakened and live a physical existence while at the same time delving into those mysteries and gaining some understanding about them. And then how we marry those two to make our own lives as fantastic as we want them to be. Today's guest is Royce Morales, and as her bio said, she arrived in life with an insatiable quest to understand the mysteries of the mind, emotions, and spirits. Like many of us, she has hopped to religions. She's tried many personal development trainings and tools and spiritual-based courses, but they only left her more frustrated, more lost, and more confused. So today she's going to share with us a little bit about her journey and about what she learned and how she came to understand so many of these spiritual concepts that she is actually teaching other people about awakening and having this perfect life awakening so they can finally start making sense of some of these things. So with that, welcome to the show, Royce. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so, so curious about, you know, learning some more about you because, you know, I, I feel the same way that you have felt, that there's so much out there and I would try it. And sometimes the more that I dig, the more confused I would become. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I, 
Yeah. Can you just I'm, tell us a bit about your journey and kind of how you came to being where you're at right now? Well, it all started when I was about four. I started asking my mom these questions and she just couldn't answer them. Like, what is the meaning of life? And what happens when you die? And all those, you know, typical four-year-old questions, right? And she was very frustrated with me. And I saw that she just didn't have a clue. So um, maybe not at four, but a little bit later than that, I started reading and studying philosophy and looking at religions. And, you know, at, at one point I even announced to my mother that I swear to God I'm an atheist, which, you know, became one of those family <laughs> stories. <laughs> but... Once I became, um, I guess, more of an adult, I was still pretty young, but I started doing all these personal training courses and, you know, different things. And like, like you said, it just became even more frustrating. And I was involved in a group called the Spiritualist Society, and they were teaching people how to become channelers. And I had no idea that I had a skill in any of that. I actually didn't believe in any of that. And all of a sudden, I started getting all of this information and all of this awareness. And um, I was involved with them for about three years. And one night, my teacher called and said, hey, I need to go on vacation. Would you take care of the class for me for a couple of weeks? And I said, okay, sure. And I was terrified because I had never, I was a very shy person, very introverted. And so I got to the class and um all we did, I just kind of sat there and I just opened up the space for people to share and talk and ask questions. And these people that had been my, my fellow students for three years had this amazing experience. And afterwards, one of them came up to me and said, hey, would you consider teaching me? You seem to know a lot of stuff. And I looked at her and I thought she was insane. And I said, uh, sure, bring your friends. <laughs> and I just kind of popped out of my mouth like that. And a few few weeks later, she arrived with her friends in my living room and I had no idea what I was going to do, what I was going to say. And I just sort of started to trust that whatever came out of my mouth was important. And again, everybody had this amazing experience and they told their friends and it just became a word of mouth teaching that really unfolded and evolved. Every time I would teach, I would learn something new you know, I'd write down everything that I said after everybody left and I'd be crying and going, oh my God, what am I doing? But everybody, <laughs> everybody loved it and it really just exploded. And I've, I've been doing it for over four decades and in small groups. And lately I've decided, well, I guess it's time to expand. I think the world needs more of this. And it's a lot easier technologically to do it remotely. So, so that's what I've been doing. And Mostly what I do is just help people in crisis or in fear is what I like to call it. Um, mm. I, I work individually with people and it's, it's more about getting in touch with whatever just is being triggered, uh, whether from this life or past lives. I go, you know, across the board, wherever it comes from, we, we dig it up and I teach people how to resolve that old programming so they can live a life of joy and love and peace and all that stuff that we're striving for just by getting rid of some of the stuff that's in the way. So that's my story in a nutshell. I like that. And you know, there's a few things in there that I just want to give voice to. And the first is that you kind of just 
started out and you didn't have yeah. a plan, but the wisdom came from, from it. And yeah. I, I really want the listeners, you know, wherever they're at to take a moment and to pause and to, and to think about that, because I think there's many of us out there who do receive nuggets of information. Um, I, I channel a group of entities and I get that information. And sometimes I think, I don't know who to share this with. And I'm sure listeners have similar experiences. And I just want to give voice to the fact that sometimes it doesn't matter who you share it with, just share it with somebody because it will touch the right people in the right moment. Yeah, yeah. Or it will plant seeds in people. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of times that I'll have a student and I'll just think, oh my God, they're not getting this at all. And then five years later, they call me and say, well, you know that one thing that you said to me, it really, I didn't get it at that point, but suddenly it just blossomed in me and now I get it. So right. yeah, those seed planting experiences are really, really important. Yes, absolutely. And the other thing that I wanted to, to really call out to the listeners and to let them focus on is the fact that many of us get our information and get our news from large sources. You know, whether it's like Hay House Radio or, you know, Oprah and Super Soul Sunday. And there's a lot of big, huge spiritual teachers out there. And it's great, you know, with followings of millions. And, and that's valuable. But it's okay to cultivate your own I guess, ministry, so to speak, in your own area. You've written books, you've taught courses, you've touched a lot of lives. And I'm thinking for listeners who are out there thinking, yeah, but I don't have 2 million followers. Yeah, but I don't have this. That doesn't matter. Start right. where you're at and grow that love. And whether that community develops to 10, you know, a hundred, a thousand or a million, you're still still doing the spiritual work that you are being called to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And that used to bother me that I wasn't reaching large groups. And I found that a lot of times this kind of information really needs the, the intimacy of a small group or a one-on-one. -on -one. And I think that that's shifting now. I think the world is more ready. But when I was beginning teaching, I would say the word reincarnation, people, people would go, oh, my God, that's so scary, you know, <laughs> and now it's, it's relatively accepted, you know, things have really changed, really have changed. So, it, yeah. <laughs> and, and let's just go there with that word reincarnation for a second here. I'm, I'm going to give a little drop, a little nugget of information here, and then I want to hear more about that. What you said is absolutely right. A while, you know, years back, you'd say that people would go, do, 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 do. <laughs> but if you go further back, that was a concept, you know, and, and I don't know all my religions well, but, you know, ancient Hindu, and I think even in very ancient Christianity, it was accepted, it was normal, and it's only really in relatively recent history that that became a thing that was weird. Yes, especially in Western society, we've really poo-pooed it. And like you said, it's been, it's been around for thousands of years. It's been very accepted. And it was actually what I've heard, it was written in the Bible. You know, Jesus, Jesus spoke about it, but um, when they changed the Bible, shall we say, yeah. <laughs> and didn't want people to know that information because it would be, um, they wouldn't be able to control people as well, they took all that out. So yes. yeah, it's not a new concept, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. And that was my understanding as well. But I was like, well, I can't exactly back it up. But I, that is my understanding as well. 
And yeah. also as a hypnotherapist, I, I have done past life regression. And I don't, what I say to people often is, I don't care if you believe it or not, it works. And yeah. it's so funny because sometimes the people that'll come in the, that believe it the least will have the most significant shift ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I'd like to hear some of your stories, and I'm sure the listeners would too, about clearing out some of those past life traumas and beliefs and, and how that can help them sitting here right now today. Well, I could give you a thousand stories. Um, gosh, that's a tough question because there are so many, but what I find is that we literally, you know, I talk about this a lot with my students. We choose everything. We've chosen our existence, we've chosen our body type, we've chosen our parents, our geographical location, our skills, everything is chosen. And it's all based on what we're here to learn and complete and get back in touch with from our past lives. So if you have a particular issue, let's say you've got, you know, an addiction going on, just as an example, yes. um, that addiction was, was brought with you from another lifetime um, not that you're a victim of it, but that you are here to remember it so that you can clear it, so you can get in touch with what it's really about and why you chose that and what that's trying to tell you about something maybe that you did in a past life. And I, I focus on that a lot with people. I focus on where is the real root source? Where is that core issue that set this whole pattern up? And people discover that, wow, this is not just this lifetime. This is something that's been carried with me for dozens of lifetimes. Um, I know in my own particular <laughs> existence, yeah. um, when I first started teaching, I thought, oh gosh, you know, I can't do this. I, I, I don't know what to say. And I'm stuttering and stammering and I'm an introvert and all of that. And when I started to look at my past lives, I realized that I have been teaching for a long time. <laughs> and so when I got back in touch with all those lifetimes where I, I was doing it, and there was one lifetime in particular that I was supposed to do it and I didn't. And I've been paying that off ever since trying to do it and trying to avoid it and trying to bypass it and say, oh, no, you know, that's, uh, uh, you know, but this lifetime it's very clear that this is what I'm supposed to do and this is why. So, you know, that, that's kind of what I do with people. Right. Right. No, that makes sense because I think it is a combination of, of understanding and then choosing to step into it. And, for me yeah. too, I feel like the satisfaction once you do start stepping into it is so huge. <laughs> yes, yes, it's definitely huge and terrifying and all of that stuff. But it's almost as though you don't have a choice once you're aware. You know, it's it's yes. one thing to be completely oblivious and in denial and la la la. I'm you know I'm just going to be a, a a ballet dancer. I'm not going to be a teacher. But nothing works when you try to avoid that with awareness, nothing yeah. works. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Now, something you had also mentioned um, a bit earlier, you talked about fear <laughs> and fear yeah. is a big thing. And, and we yeah. are recording this while the whole COVID-19, you know, thing is going on and there's so mm -hmm. much fear with the uncertainty around that. And by the time this show is aired, we will have more wisdom around that, which let's just take a moment to think about that. When this is recorded versus when it is aired, knowledge will change. 
But right now we're sitting here in fear. And in the future, maybe there'll be more fear, maybe there'll be less fear, but it will change. And that's something that I always think is so significant because we're, we're, we're told that we're supposed to stay present and stay in the moment. And we are. But the fact is that moment is also always changing. And, and that's just a weird dichotomy sometimes. Stay present, but no things will change. Stay present. Yeah. But things are going to be different in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. I'd love to hear you speak about fear and your understanding of fear and give people some guidance around their own fear and, and how they can start taming that fear. Well, well, again, that's a huge question, but that's something that I address all the time because um, I find that, that fear is really our, our operating system or our default mechanism, whatever you want to call it, that who we are as beings are basically run by fear. And unfortunately, most of the fear that we have is subconscious because it's being triggered from somewhere else that we're not in touch with like I was just saying about myself and how afraid I was to teach, that was being triggered by lifetimes of fears that I had been, you know, bought into and programmed into and all of that. Um, But I I talk about fear in various ways. I I mention it as the kind of, I call it the lower consciousness or the fear-based primitive consciousness that we have that basically says, this is what you need to do to survive. And we start with that program from day one. And the minute we start experiencing pain and loss, it gets triggered in and we start thinking, oh my God, I've got to make sure that this body survives no matter what. And it's so deeply subconscious in us that we're not even aware of it. And then as we go through, yeah, we go through life and it gets more and more triggered and we start believing less and less about our power and, you know, our abilities and we self-sabotage and all of that stuff that we do. But um, that's the main fear that I talk about. But of course, there there are fears that I think are good, like, you know, don't put your hand in a lion's mouth and don't, you know, don't cross the street against a red light. I mean, those are logical, rational fears that everybody should should know about. Um, But then there's what I refer to as kind of higher consciousness fears. And I don't even like to give it that name, but it's basically um, your higher consciousness saying, hey, you're you're not supposed to do that, you know, and it tries to steer you away from things. And it's not really a fear. It's more of a knowingness or an intuition or a calling that says, don't do this. You know, for example, I was um, at one point I was, I I saw a, a vision and it was a very, very intense vision in a meditation that showed me a location, yeah, gave it a name and said, okay, you're supposed to move there. And so I literally got in my car (laughs) and tried to move to this beautiful little town in Colorado. And I found a piece of property and I found a real estate agent and he showed me the property and I said, okay, I want it. And I signed a bunch of papers. And the unheard of part of the story is that, and anybody that's ever bought property knows how aggressive realtors are. They want that sale. This realtor never never called me back, and I called and called and called, and he never returned my call. It was so bizarre, and when I meditated on it, I I literally was shown, okay, this was just to prove to you that you're not supposed to move, and that's when my teaching started to 
you know, to flourish and the classes expanded and everything started to work for me. And it was very clear that it was my higher consciousness saying, "Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh, you can't escape. Even though all this crazy stuff is going to go on in California, you are one of the people that's supposed to stay. So, you know, that that's kind of the third type of fear that I do talk about. But the first one, that fear-based primitive consciousness, it's so all-pervasive, it's so deeply enmeshed in our in our being that we don't even realize it's going on. And we give it other names, we call it anxiety or, you know, oh, I feel jittery or whatever we call it, but it's, you know, it's a very primitive, very strong lower consciousness fear that's running our lives most of the time. Right. I was one of these people that never thought I was afraid, you know, I can, I can do anything. I can get on an airplane and fly. I don't have all those silly fears. But then I realized one day that the deeper, more subtle fears were really controlling me. Like I was afraid of embarrassing myself or I was afraid of, um, you know, not being successful or I was afraid of love. That's a huge one. So there's so many many subtle fears that are going on that we're, we usually think don't exist. So that, that's what I talk about in terms of fear. Oh, that's interesting. And as you were talking about that and kind of explaining, I was thinking it's interesting because those, those fears, like you were talking about with love and stuff, Sometimes Mm -hmm. we don't even recognize that that's a fear. We, Mm -hmm. it's such a part of our programming that we just, normal and it's not (laughs) yeah yeah i i talk a lot about fear of having love um it's probably one of our core fears and everybody kind of accepts the fact that oh yeah i'm afraid of losing love but what is deeper is fear of having love and you can kind of subcategorize that into fear of success fear of um you know all those good things that we think that we really want, but underneath all of that is a huge fear of having them. You know, what if that person, what if that person really loved me? What if I really was successful? What if I really was famous? You know, all of that stuff that's so deep in us that we don't even realize it. Yes. Yes. I just have to share this story because I think it would help the listeners too in in kind of going deeper with that and understanding and being able to self-reflect. When I was in college, I think it was, I started selling Mary Kay cosmetics and I actually sold them. And I'm putting a quote around sold because I didn't really sell. I sold them to me and my mom and my grandma and like five of my best friends because we loved it. So I got us all a great discount, you know, (laughs) so that's why it's sold. (laughs) But I went through as a new consultant, all of that business training, which was Mm. phenomenal. And one of the training classes we did was on money and success. And they started off the class by saying, you know, who here has a fear of making money? And we were all like, no, I don't have a fear of making money. And then they dug deeper into that. And it's my guess that all of you listeners out there too are thinking, no, I'm not fearing abundance. I want it. Bring it on. But then Mm -hmm. they started breaking it down. Like, do you know about investing? Do you know about the stock market? Do you know where you would invest the money and what kind of an advisor you would use? And if it would be stocks or if it would be bonds or if it would be mutual funds or if it would... You know, and they start putting all this stuff on there and you're like, no, I am afraid of that because I don't know about it. 
you know, and right. then yeah, and they started breaking it down, buying property, paying taxes, filling out a tax return. And they just started bringing up all of these things. And then again, they asked the question again, and they said, okay, who here is afraid of, you know, making a million dollars a year? Because here's all the implications and tax consequences that come from it. And suddenly we were all like, wow, I am afraid of making money because that's a mm -hmm. lot to learn. Mm -hmm. And I never really realized it, but my subconscious, my inner being realizes that. And mm -hmm. my subconscious is throwing up a lot of blocks so I don't have to deal with it. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And usually it even goes deeper than that. Usually it goes, okay, so what is that really about? And I help people discover what that really is about. For example, just using you, it might have been fear of change, you know, or I'm not smart enough to be able to do that. Or, you know, yes. what would my friends think if I suddenly had a million dollars in sales, you know? Yes. But I find that once you really kind of grab onto what the fear is really about, a lot of it, a lot of the oomph of it, so to speak, goes away because you suddenly realize, oh, okay, well, I think I could handle that really, exactly. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And I love that you went there because it, it, it is take it to that deeper level. And sometimes I think you have to circle the circle around a few times to actually get to it. What is that deeper level? Is it that I'm not smart mm -hmm. enough? And then it might go back to no. At one point, you know, a teacher said you're not good with numbers or it, it could just, mm -hmm. yeah, it's so, so important to get there. And it's yeah. kind of easy to get there. But it takes a wise leader to ask the right questions. And, and that's what I appreciate about you being that wise leader to go there and to start yeah. helping people dig it out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's scary. It's scary for people, you know, when there's no willingness, when somebody is so stuck in, you know, needing to be right or needing to be a victim or a martyr, you know, whatever it is there's a lot of times there's no willingness for somebody to go, oh yeah, okay, I am afraid. Yes. You know, that's a huge, a huge leap for people sometimes. But yes. I find that just, it's so empowering. You know, I've, I've been married to my husband for 30 something years and um, he's really amazing. He's done my classes and he lives with his teacher, right? So he's <laughs> kind of stuck doing it. But um Whenever something is, is going on with us, you know, whatever it is, if I'm upset with him about something or if he's not taking the trash out or whatever it is, if I stop and I look at it, it's like, oh, okay, what it looks like is I'm afraid of losing love. It's, it's like, oh, he doesn't love me. He's not taking the trash out. But what's really going on is well, I'm afraid that if he started to take the trash out, it would mean that he really does love me. And do I deserve that? You know, what do I, what can I do if he really loves me? So I, I'm constantly acknowledging that stuff, you know, because we have buttons that go on and issues and whatever. And the minute I'm able to stop long enough and go, okay, here's what's really going on. It's just fear of love. You know, we're able to both laugh at it and go, okay, thanks. <laughs> and the issue goes away and it's like, okay, I'll take the trash out myself. No big deal. So yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. It's it's saved our marriage many times over. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And mm -hmm. I like that you shared that because hopefully it will cause readers to look 
a little bit deeper in their own relationships. And also the heart of all of my work, it's my belief that pretty much everything goes back to that self-worth piece and the belief, am I worthy of love? Am I worthy of success? Am I worthy of money or time or happiness? And yeah. 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 And I hope, and I help people dig up the exact precise sources of where we decided that we don't deserve love and where we decided that we don't deserve money. And a lot of these sources are pretty, you know, subtle or they can be huge. Um, and again, talking about reincarnation, most of them are brought with us from other lifetimes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it all goes back to those specific sources. And when people dig those up and they're able to say, oh my God, that's where I decided that. Oh, you know, it's kind of not only a release and a relief that things can shift because you're no longer buying into that program, so to speak. It goes away. So it's yes. pretty miraculous. Yes. And that's, you know, that's a good thing to talk about is you're buying into it that you know where it came from. Because sometimes I think people, people look at spiritual teachings from the outside and they say, well, it's just an easy excuse. Oh, I brought that in from right. my past life. But it's not the excuse. It's the understanding. And then when you go, oh, that's what happened. Then it, it is easier to let go or to clear out or to grow from. So it's, I just want yeah. listeners to know that it's not a spiritual bypass. Like, Oh, you know, it's just the way I am. It's not that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I must've, you know, I must've been Cleopatra in a past life. That's why blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No, it's yeah. very specific and it's very deep work and it's very um, experiential. You know, and whenever I, and when people try to explain it in that way, it does sound very superficial, but when you experience it and when you, when you get in touch with those memories and release them, it's, it's nothing you can even explain. Right. So, yeah. And quite often, I I like how you talk to, you know, Cleopatra too, because people think that there's these big lightning bolt moments that you'll find out. Mm -hmm. And life is in the details, you know, life is in the small stuff and it's those tiny little shifts that make the biggest difference. It's, it's small. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And it can be large too, but a a lot of times you're right. It can be very small. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like the, the, you know, the dominoes, it sets everything else off and your whole life does change because you found out one tiny little detail and suddenly everything sense. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a couple of minutes for a break. And then when we come back, I am going to walk you through the five steps of flaunts so listeners can start getting a handle on you as a person and really getting deep. So hang on. We will be right back. To all the women who have cried in the shower, smiled when they wanted to scream, and couldn't wait to get home and unhook their bra. Flaunt is the definitive guidebook on how to get back in touch with who you are underneath your labels, roles, and scripts. Fall in love with yourself right now. Breathe life into the dreams you left behind and live each day with uninhibited joy. Pick up a copy of Laura Cheadle's number one best-selling book, Flaunt. Drop your cover and reveal your smart, sexy, and spiritual self wherever books are sold. It's available in print, digital, and audio formats and comes with two downloadable meditations. 
All right, we are back with Royce, and we are now going to shift gears a little bit, and we're going to get a little bit more personal and find out about her worldview, her as a person, so you can really get to know her. And that way, when you go to her website, if you choose to work with her, you already have the relationship started, which I think is such a beautiful, important, and miraculous thing. Okay, so for those of you who may be new to my show, FLAUNT is an acronym, and it stands for Find Your Fetish, Laugh Out Loud, Accept Unconditionally, Navigate the Negative, and Trust in Your Truth. Fetish is that thing that lights us up, that thing that brings us joy and creates ushy-gushy magic in our lives. And just like we were talking about before the break, sometimes it's something super simple. Sometimes it's just a pink flower. <laughs> sometimes it's something big, but sometimes it's really small. So Royce, let's talk about your fetishes. What are the things that just make you happy? Um, gosh. <laughs> I would have to say that's a hard one to narrow down because I just, I'm kind of in love all the time. Um, I think what brings me the most joy is working with people and having them get it, having that light bulb moment for them where they suddenly go, ah, I get it. I see. I understand. Um, So I, I guess that would have to be the big one for me but there are so many little ones like I'm, I'm sitting here looking at my beautiful plants and I just love my plants oh, <laughs> they, bring, they bring me so much joy and we moved up to the mountains a few years ago and I, I look outside and it's just I, no matter what state of the world is going on I'm just in this beautiful paradise and I just love it up here so much I've always wanted to live in the mountains and I was able to manifest that so I guess that, those would be my big ones. Ah, oh, I love that. And, and I want to point out plants. You know, one of my pet peeves is the whole self-care industry. Not, not that I believe mm-hmm. self-care industry is bad or self-care is bad. Self-care is great. But what I don't like about the self-care industry is the idea that we have to have a weekend you know, at a beach that we have to, you know, jet away, that we have to, you know, spend hundreds of dollars at a spa in order to have fun, in order to have self-care. And things like plants, oh my gosh, listeners, even if you're thinking, yeah, it's a plant, whatever, I challenge you, I encourage you literally right now today, (laughs) go outside look at some of the plants, go to the grocery store, look at some plants. Plants do bring joy. They're, they're living beings. And even if you don't initially think, okay, this is great, breathe with it, look at it, Mm. touch it, smell it. I love the smell of the earth and of plants and find that joy in those small things, because that is that integrated self care that I talk about doing daily. Yeah. 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 And there's something magical about knowing that you have these growing things in your environment. You know, it just makes me so happy to know that I'm nurturing these things and they're bringing such beauty and 
you know, oxygenating the air for me and they're alive and well. And I have one right now that I'm looking at and, and he's, he's sad and it just is breaking my heart because I don't know what to do. He's just dying and uh, he, I don't know why he's a he, but he's a he. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, no, it's true. I was in India um, nine months or so ago and there's a couple of different walls of plants that they have put in to try to combat the air pollution. And it mm. works. It, but it's also yeah. a joy just to see these green walls with plants. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It is, yeah. Yeah, just amazing. Now, the next type of flaunt is L, and that's for laugh out loud. And I was wondering about your sense of humor. Can you share with the listeners, you know, about you, about laughter in your life, about what you think is funny, about, you know, things that you do to lighten your spirit? Well, it's kind of embarrassing, actually. And I only tell my students after several years of working with me, but I'll, I'll tell your listeners right off the bat, <laughs> my favorite, favorite show is South Park. I love South Park. It cracks me up. <laughs> it's so warped. It's so wacky. It's so clever. It's so, um, oh, I, don't, I can't even think of the word. Uh, it's just crazy. And for maniac for, I don't know, however long it's been on. I went to a, um, a film festival called the Sick and Twisted Film Festival oh, <laughs> 30 years ago. And I sat there and I just fell madly in love with all the sick and twisted humor. And it's such an, it's so opposite from what I teach and, you know, from my soul, but I just, it just feeds me and it just cracks me up. So yeah, that's, yes. <laughs> Oh, I've just shared my deepest, darkest secret with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me smile and it makes me laugh for, for, for a lot of reasons. But first of all, have you seen the Casa Bonita episode? No, I haven't. Uh -uh. Uh, you have got to watch the South Park when they do, I forget, his Kenny's birthday party at Casa Bonita. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because I, I worked at that <laughs> restaurant in high school, and that is like, my claim to fame, man. <laughs> oh, how funny. How yeah. funny. I'll have to watch that one. Yeah. And I like what you said about Sick and Twisted Film Festival and that that is so opposite of what you teach, because I think that's where a lot of humor lies. You know, the fact yeah. that my whole mission with the Frida Flaunt mission is that women can be smart, sexy, and spiritual, and that those concepts aren't mutually exclusive. And that's exactly yeah. what you're demonstrating with this. You can have find humor in sick and twisted humor and still be a loving <laughs> spiritual person. It's not those are not mutually exclusive concepts either. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Um, but the next step of flaunt is AU, which is the golden center of flaunt. And that stands for accept unconditionally. And what I find is that oftentimes the things that we find really irritating in other people are actually reflections of ourselves and what we have a really hard time accepting in ourselves. <laughs> and that, yeah, that whole self-judgment thing, you know, we, we judge others to deflect from ourselves and then we get into this whole, you know, ball of confusion within. And, and I was just wondering with you, 
What do you find very difficult to accept in others? And how is that a reflection of you? Um, well, back to what you just said about reflection, that's probably one of the core things that I teach. I call it mirroring. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I have this... <laughs> I have this this fantasy, and I share it with wh- whoever wants to hear it, but I have a fantasy that someday that concept is going to be well understood, and that <clears throat> excuse me, and that um I always imagine a room full of politicians and senators and you know the president sitting in this room and they're talking about, okay, well, should we go to war with fill in the blank? And one of them stops and says, well, don't you think we should look and see what they're reflecting to us first? And maybe we won't have to go to war. And I just get that in all the time. So I, you know, and not to sound haughty, but because I'm constantly looking at what people are reflecting to me, I don't really have too much anymore. You know, I know that currently what's going on with our president and our politicians and all of that, that's been a really tough one for me to see mirrors about. But every time I listen to the news and I go, oh, he did that. Oh my God, I can't believe he did that. I catch myself and I go, okay, how have I done something similar? You know, what is that reflecting to me about me? And of course, it's not as big and dramatic as what some of the things that he's done, but um, there's still something that I've done that's that's similar enough for me to admit that he is a reflection. And it really, uh, again, it takes the oomph out of that button and I'm able to see it as, okay, this is, a, this is something for me to see about myself and what do I need to do to resolve it? And then I'm able to listen to what he's saying and have a whole different attitude toward it. So right. I hope that answers your question. <laughs> no, it absolutely does because it is, I mean, my big thing is very similar to what you were saying. It's the judgment. And I can watch yeah. the news and I can be like, how can people be so stupid and don't they see? <laughs> and then I yes. think, wait, 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 wait. By me saying that and doing that, I'm doing what they are doing. And yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. hard. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I have a I have a great story about that. It'll just take a couple seconds. I was um out to lunch with one of my students years ago and she, we were talking about our parents and I was saying to her, "Oh my gosh, my mother is so judgmental." And I went on and on about how judgmental she was. <laughs> and my my student looked at me and she goes, "Um, Royce, are you being judgmental about your mom?" <laughs> And I said, oh, God, yeah, I sure am. And it just, it was like a pie in the face. It just woke me up and I realized, oh, I'm I'm the one that's judgmental. I'm exactly the same, you know, justifying it by all these reasons about how she's judgmental and what she says and what she does. But I was doing the same exact thing. And I, I, that was really a wake up call for me. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've I've been there too, and it it's it's hard to swallow, but at least we're yeah. waking up to it. Yeah. 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 Now the N in flaunt is for navigate the negative, and although I don't really believe there's negative, I believe there's just opportunities. I think it's still valuable to have tools or tips or to be able to have a handle on what to do when you feel like everything is against you and you can't, you can't make progress. 
I was wondering if you could share some of your tips or tools for forging ahead when it does feel like everything's just against you and it's not working out. Well, it kind of goes back to what I was just saying. I have to look at mirrors. I have to see um, what is the situation reflecting to me and dig a little bit deeper to find out what the real fear is and what the deservingness issue is. Why do I feel I don't deserve this? You know, why is it I can't manifest the situation or get, can't get the situation to change or can't get that new job or whatever it is that I'm trying to get? It always boils down to some kind of fear and some kind of deserving this issue. So I do, I do a lot of deep work with myself and with others. You know, that's the tool that I find that really works. I don't usually try to cover it up by, um, you know, spiritual platitudes or just look at the bright side or trust the process. You know, all of those things are true, but you've got to get to the root and the core so that those things can become real. Right. So that's, that's my basic tool, <laughs> tool of choice. Exactly. So what can listeners do right now today, you know, especially in terms of weird things happening? What is something that they can do today that might help them start looking at that mirror if they're if they've never done this work before or start going deeper on their own? Well, I think really the first step is really allowing yourself to feel whatever you're feeling to not use that spiritual bypass that so many people use to say, oh, yeah, well, it's all going to be okay. We're a human and we're having these human fears and it's really important to feel them so that you can get underneath them. I find that unless you feel your emotions, you can't get underneath them to find out what the fear is that, that's being triggered. So that's really the first step. Um, you know, and then to realize that it is just fear. Um, the acronym that I love for fear is false evidence appearing real. And that's pretty much what it is. Um, you know, and, I, and feeling it, but choosing to not buy into it or believe that it's true or that we have to do something with that fear, just to be in it and feel it is, is really the first step. And then, of course, to dig deeper and find out what it's about and what does it symbolize and, you know, is it fear of loss? Is it fear of change? Is it fear of uh, really deserving that life that I want? You know, so the, the fear is really the, the springboard or the inspiration to allow you to go deeper with it. I love that. So that, yeah, yeah that's really the first step. And then, of course, to discover what's being triggered and where it's being triggered from. Exactly. Exactly. I love the term springboard because that's what it is. It's not like we will be overcome in grief and then sucked down the drain, never to, never to rise again. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. Spring up. So mm -hmm. that's perfect. And then the yeah. last, yeah, the last letter in flaunt is T and that's trust in your truth. And one of the exercises that I like to do is have my people describe themselves without saying their job, their title, their relationship to anybody else, just who they are on a soul level without baggage, without damage. And sometimes it's just a string of consciousness and sometimes it's a beautifully thought out description. And I was just hoping you could tell the listeners a little bit about 
who is Royce, you know, not as a teacher, not as a wife, not as, but who are you inside? What is your truth? Oh, you ask such great questions. Um, <laughs> as you were saying, the, the only word that came to me is compassionate because um, I think that what triggered my spiritual journey is really a strong sense of compassion. Again, I remember being a child and looking at people and situations and, you know, the wars and the, the drama that was going on around me and all that stuff. And, and I, I, I never felt anger. I just felt, oh, my God, you know, my heart would break. My heart would be wide open all the time. And I just felt like I had to do something with that, you know, and of course, that's really where all my all my teachings come from that sense of compassion, but it's so strong in me that, uh, you know, and, and I hear people a lot talking about being empaths, and I don't, I, it's not that I don't believe in the concept of empaths, but I think that it, if you take it further, it's more of a compassionate sense that you have so strongly that you're able to feel everything that's going on around you. Um, and if it doesn't trigger you, you're able to do something beautiful with it. If it does trigger you, you're, you know, you're sitting there a basket case with all the fear that you've picked up on from the world. So I've learned that my compassion is what allows me to just do my work and to fulfill my purpose. I love that. I, it's like you're a compassion path. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I was, as you were talking about that, I was also thinking about, you know, whether it's Jesus or Buddha or, you know, Muhammad or any of the great spiritual teachers, it, the root of all of that truly is compassion. And we yeah. start the show, mm -hmm. yeah, by talking about, you know, big ministries and small ministries and, and everything in between. And I think the root of all good teaching truly is compassion. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and I think that all, all the experiences that we have, if we choose to allow ourselves to really feel them and go deep with them, just brings more compassion. You know, if you, if you, it's not that I'm one of these teachers that say, oh, you know, my life was perfect and I never experienced anything horrible. And, you know, I've, I've been through a lot of stuff, you know, and that only has deepened my compassion and it's shown me areas where I wasn't feeling compassion. So it, it's been an amazing journey of learning more about that. Oh, yeah. And I was even thinking to how we were talking about, you know, like with the president and it's so horrific to watch and it's so easy to fall into judgment and i was thinking you know when i can look at him and say wow this poor man is in a state of fear this poor man mm -hmm. is in a state then it, it, it does trigger my compassion and it's not yeah. agreeing or supporting but being able to look at it through a compassionate lens of panic he's feeling panic he's feeling fear he's wow, he's, you know, yeah. it shifts it for me. It really does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if, you know, again, going back to what I was saying, and if you're not able to feel compassion, it's because something is triggered in you that you need to see about yourself. Right. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because like that, we've all, we've all been 
in a fearful situation where we don't know what to do and we're scrambling and we're making mistakes and we're trying to make it look like we're not making, I mean, we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe we're there now and maybe, you know, we're still having a hard time seeing it, but we've all been there and it's okay. It's just acknowledging. Yeah. 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 And I think that's important in terms of fear, too, because we're taught that it's not okay to be afraid. And it took me years to finally admit, yeah, I'm scared. (laughs) You know, it's terrifying right now. And once I'm able to say that and acknowledge it and get it out there, um, even just to the room, it doesn't even have to be to a person, although it really helps if you do it with a person. Um, Sometimes stating it and realizing, oh, this is just fear. Thank you very much. You know, it really diffuses it. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's that whole name it and claim it. And then you go, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I can manage this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So where can listeners learn more about you and um, get copies of your books? And I'd love you to give, you know, the, the title of each book and where they can locate you and your work. Sure. Well, it's all uh, under RoyceMorales.com. And I talk about my my courses that I offer, my individual spiritual journey sessions, clearing sessions, all that stuff is on my website. And I have written three books. Um, the first one is called Want, True Loves, Past Lives, and Other Complications. That's the subtitle. And that's a fictionalized journey of something that happened that I wrote about, <laughs> fictionalizing it. But it's a, it's a very true story about meeting who I believed was my soulmate. And it's a very interesting book that talks about past lives and, you know, how we carry everything with us, including very profound connections to certain people. And these people are, you know, soul relationships. And this particular person arrived in my life who was definitely my soulmate. Um, and it's a really fascinating account of what soulmate love really is. You know, it's not the arm in arm walking off into the sunset thing that people think right. that soulmates really are. That was my first book. And then I wrote another book that talks specifically about my teachings. And that one is called No, K-N-O-W, A Spiritual Wake-Up Call. And that one kind of goes step by step, all the information that I teach, well, some of the information that I teach. And it it talks, it gives a lot of examples and gives some self-awareness exercises and some um, interesting little homework assignments. And it's it's really kind of a a crash course uh, in terms of what I teach. And then the third book is called Back, Rebirth After Stroke. And that talks about my husband had a massive stroke about five years ago, and, and it was quite an experience of learning how to apply some of the stuff that I teach in a very, very terrifying situation. And how can I be spiritual and and deal with this situation? And I started posting my little journey on Facebook. And I had a lot of followers that started saying, wow, you should turn this into a book. And so I did. And again, it's filled with my teachings. And it's filled with a very applicable way of dealing with a very traumatic situation that I went through and kind of teaching people how to do the same thing. So those are my books, and what I really hope people are interested in is, is working with me privately, because I think that's the most powerful stuff that I offer. Absolutely. And they can find out about that on your website. Yes, RoyceMorales.com. 
Perfect. Well, listeners, I hope this gave you some great stuff to think about. I hope you can move into today, right now today, looking into some of those mirrors, seeing what is triggering you and seeing how that is a reflection of you. Um, I hope this has given you permission to feel whatever it is you're feeling and to think a little bit more about yourself, about your spiritual journey, about you as a spirit, about you as an emotional being, and as about you as a person. Have an amazing week. Reach out if you need anything. Let me know what you think. LauraCheadle.com, L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E. And I will see you next week for more deep dives on spirit, spirituality, and all of this good stuff. Have an amazing week. And as usual, don't forget to flaunt. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Build your dreams, live your sparkle with radio host Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Overcome the need to please and find the uninhibited joy of being exactly who you are right now. Come find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth. Find out more and get your free gift at lauracheadle.com. That's L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E dot com.